What's going on, Rotherway Nation? Welcome back to another episode of Football on the Barbie. I'm your host, Jake Seymour. And as always, I'm joined with Caden Bodak and Matt Gordon. Guys, how are we doing today? Pretty good. Fantastic. Got a jam-packed episode for you guys. Free agency officially happened today. Currently, it's Wednesday, about 8 o'clock right now. So uh, free agency has officially been open uh, for about eight hours now. And let's just say Bill Belichick got his stimulus check because, man, this guy has been spending. Uh, I don't think we've ever seen the Patriots spend this much. We I haven't. Mean, we've never seen the Patriots spend this much because we haven't seen the Patriots need to rebuild. I mean, when you have Tom Brady as your quarterback for 20 years, you don't need to spend money. Um, so I think Belichick obviously knows that, and he's decided that with all the cap space that he has and knowing that the TV deal that's going to come in place too will boom the salary cap as well, which is why you're seeing so many back-ended deals. Um I think that's why Bill Belichick was like, all oh, right, it's time to spend money and rebuild this team and and go make another dynasty. Yeah, one thing before I break down these signs real quick, I want to point this out. I saw this on Twitter, that the amount of guaranteed money the Patriots are giving to these players, I think is around $200 million. And Robert Kraft bought the Patriots back, uh, you know, 20 years ago for like $171 million. So that means that they've given out more guaranteed money than what Robert Kraft bought the team for like 20 years ago. There's an asterisk though. They've given out more guaranteed money over the course of those contracts. So those players need to be on the roster right. to get those guaranteed money. But yes. It is, it is pretty funny though, if you think about it. Yeah. And in terms of signing bonuses, these players, I mean, I haven't seen a signing bonus that was over $15 million. So... Right. So real quick, we'll break down these signings. So obviously you get the re-signings. Cam Newton, one year, $14 million. Trent Brown, one year, $11 million. Uh, Dietrich Wise, four years, $22 million with $10 million guaranteed. Uh, Devon Goodchecks, uh, two years, $16 million. Hunter Henry was a big one, three years, $37.5 million with $25 guaranteed. Matt Juden, four years, $56 million. Wide receiver Nelson Aguilar, two years, $26 million. Tight end Jonu Smith. Four years, $50 million. Safety, Jalen Mills, four years, $24 million. And wide receiver, Kendrick Bourne, three years, $22.5 million. Talk about a payday for these guys. Yeah, it's, not done. yeah it's, I mean, it's a pretty good start. They probably only have that. I think, Matt, you said earlier that they had only like $30 million in cap space, but. Yeah, they got thirty million in cap space, Cage, and I think your internet just cut yeah, out. So I'll just I'll go over for you. But yeah, they as of right now, not including the Trent Brown trade, they have uh, thirty million dollars in cap space, according to Pat's Cap on Twitter. Um, if you're not following that page, I do highly recommend. So he does a lot of a lot of good work. Uh, he's very good. So follow that page for all the uh, Patriots salary cap situation. Uh, Cage, are you back? Yeah. Oh, there you go. Did, did I cut out? I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. Where did I? Where did I? Okay. Um, but let's just start with the guy that I mean I think really ticked off a lot of people last Friday. Cam Newton signed the one year, fourteen million dollars. I believe it's eight million guaranteed, but I've heard six thrown around as well. So not really sure one hundred percent what uh, what the guaranteed money is. Without assuming he makes the roster, but why do we bring back Cam Newton? And what my initial reaction to this was: Why did the Patriots bring back a quarterback who cannot throw the football? And I think about it, I've thought about this a lot. Bill Belichick probably said to Cam, you're not going to be the starter. You could be, but you're not guaranteed the starter. We're not bringing you back because we want you to start. We're bringing you back as a plan B, and there's gonna there's going to be competition. People forget that think, Jared I, Stidham. I don't think that. I think it was. I, people forget Jared Stidham almost won the starting job before he had that groin injury. He was this close to getting it. Right, according and to I'm who? not saying he would have lasted the entire season. Maybe Cam still comes in and plays, but at the same time, too, you have to think that this job was never handed to Cam. And I think the Patriots have something in the works, whether it's in the draft, whether that's a trade for a big guy like a Jimmy Garoppolo or Deshaun Watson. Something else is in the works here. And let's just say this: as of right now, March 17th, Cam Newton is not guaranteed your Week One starter. Yeah. Um. When I first saw that Cam Newton deal, it was $14 million. I was uh, baffled. I thought it was ridiculous. Why are we spending that kind of money on that guy? But I saw actually the guaranteed money was only about $5 million, And then the rest was incentives like all pro, playoffs, Super Bowl, whatever. All the stuff he's not going to do anyways. So all he is is a bridge guy for whoever they're going to get in the draft. I, I mean, not like this is a draft episode, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if the Pats go after a guy like Kyle Trask or Keller, Kellen Mon. So, um, you know, all, all Cam is is a bridge guy, and he's just going to give them some competition in the draft. 
or See, in training think, camp. The draft. I think the complete opposite. I didn't. I didn't like the deal. Like like Hayden said, I thought you know, fifteen million was ridiculous. Fourteen million was ridiculous. Uh, and then you look at the incentives, and that it's really an incentive based contract, which makes sense. Um, I don't think New England's the type of team to go and put a, a quarterback competition out there. So I don't think that they're even going to touch or even have the thought of quarterback competition because I don't think Bill Belichick is the type of the guy that wants to split the locker room, especially when you're going through a re, like a re, I wouldn't say a rebuild. It's kind of a reset. Um, I don't think he's going to want to have some guys going, we want, you know, Stidham or we want this guy from the draft to be our starter or we want Cam. I think what a lot of fans don't really understand, and you've seen it in, in the comments and you've seen it on Twitter, uh, when Cam did get re-signed, he does have a lot of support behind him in that locker room. And and you got to remember too, and I do try to tell myself this too, because I did get really frustrated watching Cam a lot last year, but one bad year doesn't make up for the not for the nine years prior to him. He was, you know, a former MVP. He he was always throwing touchdowns. He had that shoulder surgery. Um, and then he had a he was signed in July of last year to come in and be the starter straight away in an already odd year with COVID. Then he got COVID. Then he was away for the team for three weeks. Then had to come in and played really bad in that first game back and just never really got going. And, and, you know, they talk about COVID as a, you know, it takes, even after you quote unquote recover, it's still like in your system and it takes a while. So look, I don't want to write him off. I would like to give Cam a chance as, as the starting quarterback this year, um, especially with the offense that we've, we're going to be running. It looks like, uh, I know we'll get into the signings more, but it looks like we're going to be running that two tight end sets it's going to be run heavy, tight end screens, using the tight ends uh, with his slot guys out wide. I think this offense now more suits Cam's play style. Yeah, because um, he doesn't have to throw the ball. It's because he doesn't have to throw the ball at all. You set a tight end screen, and he throws the ball just over the top. He has to throw the ball five yards. Drew Brees. All I'm going to and, say is uh, I really hope these tight ends got an incentive. I do that, but I'm, I'm, I'm also just saying, like, if I, I feel more confident in Cam Newton as our quarterback this year than just signing some guy again. Like, I don't want – I didn't want to have to just sign a guy. Unless Jimmy G was coming in, a guy who knows the New England offense, I didn't want to just bring in some other guy. Like, I'd rather just have Cam, who's already been in the system for a year. He's now going to be in the system for another year. He's going to have a full off season with us. He's going to be preparing from last week. I mean, I, I can guarantee he probably knew he was coming back to New England three, four weeks ago. So, he's going to be – preparing this entire offseason to be the Patriots starting quarterback and he's going to be healthy. He's going to be recovered. And I feel like he has a lot to prove because he had a lot to prove last year and he didn't. And then now it's even worse. He's got all these naysayers, including New England fans, including me, including UK, including Jake. We're all weary of him and he really will be on a short leash. Not to say that he wasn't last year, but with the fans back in the stadium, I think it's going to be a big difference. If Cam Newton comes out and stinks, they're going to boo him out of the stadium. And then the boos will get louder if he continues to stink. And then by the end of the year, if Belichick just sticks with him like he did last year, then I think you're going to see some fans booing Belichick, which will blow my mind. But I really think that he was the best situation at quarterback for New England on the free agent market. Because why would you bring in some other guy that doesn't know the system? No, I no, I get that, Matt. But are you saying that you would rather start Cam Newton than go out and dra- they're going to draft a guy regardless? But go start Cam Newton rather than have a guy compete for the job in the draft. Yeah, I mean, I mean, unless they're getting unless they're getting Zach Wilson or Trevor Lawrence, I don't. I, let me let me say this right now: Do not touch Trey Lance. I've seen a lot of New England. Patriots fans write that on Twitter, like, oh, let's get Trey Lance. Do you guys realize he played one game of football this year and sucked? And he, yeah, he, he wasn't good. He's a Div 2 quarterback that barely throws the football. You know, he. I mean, I personally believe he's actually, you know, a better – he'll probably be a better pro than, like, your Justin Fields who runs that typical Ohio State offense. At least he went under center at, at North Dakota State. But he's not your – he's not, he's not going to be starting his first year. And, and, and if he goes to a team and starts his first year, I think you're going to be seeing that team next year go, oh, you know, is this guy the guy? Like, you're too, 
your tour types and, your, and Josh Rosen types where they, they question him after a year. Um, unless it's like a Mac Jones, who even Mac Jones I don't particularly want. Um, there's, I mean, I, I'll take Kellen Mond in the second round. It's the only guy that I'll be like, all right, Kellen Mond in the second round, I think he's very underrated. Um, I feel like if he didn't go to Texas A&M, he would have had a lot more hype behind him. Um, but no, I don't want to see him compete with a quarterback. I mean, if, if, and this is the thing too, that all these guys like love, like all the Patriot fans want to oh, start Jared Stidham. How can you say start Jared Stidham, but also draft a quarterback? You realize if they're drafting a quarterback, Stidham's off the roster. Yeah. Off the pre- He's not, if you draft a quarterback, that is the ultimate, we do not believe in Jared Stidham. So either take, either, either stick with your Jared Stidham. Depends who they draft. Or no, commit to the no, draft. If they, don't, if they get a quarterback, period. So there's not. Start but then also draft a guy because you're not doing both. Because I'm they not draft a guy every year. Pardon? They draft a guy every year. They don't draft he, a guy every year. They drafted. They drafted. They drafted the kid. They drafted two last year. Yeah, the kid from Michigan State and the kid from Louisiana Tech. They didn't draft them. It was signed. Well, okay, signed him. Yep. Yeah, but that's different. Yeah, that's totally that, different. I want to hold on this quarterback point. I didn't want to. I got you. I want to throw these points on. Then we can move on to the next guy. Um, my joke I was saying before, before Matt went on, was I really hope that those tight ends and those receivers, they got a little incentive in their contract about uh, the balls hitting their ankles because I mean, there's gonna be a lot of that happening this year. Hopefully, it doesn't. But we saw that so many times happen last year. Uh, Cam Newton just struggling to throw the football. Hopefully, it's a different story this year though. But the other point that concerns me. Before we move on and we're just on the quarterback situation. Have you guys watched um, the I Am an Athlete podcast with Cam Newton? No, I, I think I've heard clips, and it to me it just sounds like a bunch of kissing, kissing up to Belichick. Okay, yes, but there is a, also there's there's he has this demeanor to him and this look in his eye that he's wanting to prove something, and I feel like he the way he speaks. I think Belichick believes in him, really. Like, I don't think Belichick would re-sign him if he didn't believe in him. And I really think that this year you're going to see a different Cam Newton. And if you're not going to see a different Cam Newton, that's when Belichick's going to hit the hot seat as well because he's made the decision to bring him back. He's made the decision to not start Jared Sidham at all last year, as we all saw. Like, I don't think they believe in him at all. And if you don't draft a quarterback, you're not going to start a rookie quarterback this year with the offense that we have. You're going to want that rookie quarterback to learn. Anyway, let's move, move they, forward. They signed Cam. Hold on, before we move on to this quarterback uh, topic, I want to put on this one point. When Cam was re-signed to the Patriots, the one thing that concerned me was, is Bill Belichick still trying to prove the point of system over quarterback? Is he still trying to prove that point? Because last year we saw that was a point that was trying to be proven, that Belichick believed in the system rather than having the quarterback. With Cam Newton coming back, we also saw what he did last year, had trouble throwing the ball, trouble reading the defenses. Is he still trying to prove that point that he can win football games without a quarterback? Yes. He definitely is. Yeah. So that, that's but, the problem right now is that you're that we saw it didn't but, work last year. And I'm, I know you guys are optimistic right now about Cam, but at the end of the day, he had a horrible, terrible year last year. And that's what happened. That, don't that was put the that problem. tag on me, Jake. I don't yeah. like Cam. But let's let's also look at what, who his weapons were last year. So we had you couldn't throw the football, man. It doesn't matter who your weapons are when the ball's hitting the no, ground. That, that's a fair call. But if 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 I'm a, if if I'm Josh McDaniels, why am I going to sit there and be like, Cam, you're going to throw fifty passes today because you know we have this almighty wide receiver out here named Jacoby Myers, and your number two is Damian but Damian Bird. And no, by the way, we don't have any tight ends, so let's just let's throw the ball. Like you're not going to throw the football if you don't have anyone on offense. So reloading the offense the way that they've done it. You have all those guys that were there last year besides – I mean, Damian Bird's not going to come back. Um, you know, possibly Edelman will be there. But you have all these new guys on offense. They're going to throw the ball more. And the thing is, too, a lot of, not a lot of people realize this. I mean, people know about it on the defense. But the New England, New England runs their offense and their defense. They game plan week to week. So, you know, one week you might be a heavy run heavy run you know we're, we're coming up against a team that doesn't have a great d line doesn't have a, a good box we're just going to run the football and you're going to be able to do that because you got cam newton the running quarterback you have the good run game you have a very good offensive line even with david andrews possibly gone the signing of take Harris. and i think this is a good segue let's talk about the trade to trent with trent brown 
you know, he signed for a restructured deal of one year, 11 million. Is that correct, Jake? Yes. Um, you know, now you have this, I wouldn't say new and improved because I still feel like that offensive line last year with, with Tooney um, and Andrews at your center and guard position is still better. But this one has the chance to be, you know, as good, if not better, has the possibility to be better. But you have the ability now to, to use that power run offense. But also if you come up against, you know, a Chiefs where you got to throw the ball, I think you're going to see them throw the ball. Like, look at the, the only game that uh, came through for over 25 passes was that Seattle game, right? And can we sit here? Can you sit here and say that he had a bad game that game? No, but he progressively got worse throughout no, the no, season, no. though. I'm asking that game, for that. Though, he threw for like 400 yards almost. So my point is when you need to throw the football, and he did need to throw the football that game, it's and he had Edelman. Secondary. He had Edelman out there, and he was healthy. He was all COVID. I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt. Yes, he didn't perform down the stretch, but my point is you're, you're going to be able to to game plan with him. Like He's not going to throw the football for 50 passes every game. Like You're not going to have that Tom Brady like we're throwing for 30, 40 passes every game, but you're going to be able to game plan each week and be like, we're going to run the ball this week because it's a, they're, they're, they're terrible against the run. This week, we're going to need to score points. We're going to need to spread the ball around. We're going to be able to throw the ball. That's the cam that I believe is going to, we're going to see this year. I think that's going to protect him in, in terms of like his health, his shoulder. And I think that with the offensive line and signing of Trent Brown, it only reinforces the fact that we are going to be a run-first offense, but we will throw the ball when we need to. I think yeah, the only you thing that... that Seattle game, though, is that secondary was awful. That was not a good secondary. They were not good till the end of the, end of the season. They were at least in the beginning. And that and that is that is exactly to my point though, Jake. So when you come up against a team that doesn't have a good secondary, then let's throw the football. Do you know that's that was my that's also my point. We the New England Patriots on defense, they game plan and like they're three, four one week, then they're four three the next week. They'll stack the box and run run nickels with, with their with their cornerbacks, you know, and with their offense, the same thing. They always change it every week. New England is always a week to week. Uh, offense, and that's why you see these guys come in or these rookies come in and they don't know how to deal with it because they're used to you know playing on one one offensive scheme the entire year. That's not how it is in New England. It's all week to week on both sides of the football. Yeah, so I mean, I guess the, the moral of the story here, Matt, is keep the – go run heavy, which they're able to do now because they have two great tight ends, and then uh, don't let Cam throw the ball deep. But – why would they? Why would interrupt you, Caden? Uh, I know a lot of Patriot fans wanted to see Curtis Samuel in New England, but he has signed a three-year, thirty-four point five million dollar deal with the Washington Football Team, per Ian Rappaport. Wow! Some breaking news on the football bar. Although by the time you guys see us, it will not be breaking news. But there you go, yeah. breaking news. Yeah, that's that's surprising. Uh, it, so why would they sign? It's kind. Of, I'm just kind of going over that now because I really wanted them to sign Curtis Samuel, but. That's besides the point. Why would they sign Nelson Aguilar and Kendrick Bourne? Kendrick Bourne, I, I get. But Nelson Aguilar, who's a burner, why would they sign him if they're not going to throw the ball deep? I wouldn't say Nelson Aguilar is a burner. He can be a burner. But the thing with these two wide receivers is they are the type that New England likes. They are your crisp route runners, quick in and out of their cuts type wide receivers that can go in and get open with – perfect route running they're not Nikhil Harry like respectfully I say that because I do like Nikhil Harry and I think he deserves to be in an offense that will suit him but Aguilar and and Bourne you got to remember like especially after the two tight end sightings they're not going to be the number one guy the number two guy like that's not who they are they're the guys on the outside because you also got Jacoby Myers and possibly Julian Edelman out there that are going to be able to Again, if the game plan wants it, Aguilar can go over the top and, and get open. He is he does have that ability. Kendrick Bourne, not so much. He's more possession type receiver, but Aguilar's cuts and his route running are very good. You mean look at look at the talk about him going over the top when he played uh, when Oakland played New England last year and he was stacked up against the line on his touchdown. You know, I think it was JC Jackson who was lined up against him and he just burned him over the top. But then you look at you know some other some other games of him. And I've seen some clips on him on on uh, on the twitters, and he has very good route running in and out of his cuts, five to six yard digs, 
coming in and out and then stop break and then run upfield like on a dime. So I think he is a very underrated signing. I think people try and think about him as the guy that dropped all those passes in Philly, but I mean, Philly sucks. So he had a good year last year. I remember him in college at USC. He was a good college kid and New England liked him coming out of college too. So I'm not surprised that he's ended up here. Another big acquisition the Patriots did have was the signing of Hunter Henry. Uh, arguably probably the best signing they had. Uh, I mean, I think he was a top tight end. They actually got probably the, you know, the best two tight ends in the free agency, but first starting off with Hunter Henry, it was a three year, $37.5 million deal, $25 million guaranteed. And to be honest with you, I think this was probably one of the best signings uh, that we've had in a while. I feel like um, there's been a lot of times where new England has brought in a big guy, you know, big name uh, in Boston in general. I mean, when was the last time really Boston brought in a huge name? Um, so, I mean, I'm not Hunter Henry. I'm not trying to say he's like the biggest of the big names, but he's definitely very good. He's young. Uh, he had a very good year with the Chargers last year um, and he got paid. So I'm looking forward to see Hunter Henry, uh, excuse me, Hunter Henry in that uh, two tight end scheme. A lot of people have been comparing it to the Aaron Hernandez Gronk, uh, you know, situation minus all the problems off the field with Hernandez. But I don't, I don't see that at all. Um, but I'm very excited to see how uh, Hunter does in this Patriots offense, especially with a coach like Coach Belichick, who's going to set him up for success. I'm scared that that signing scares me along with the Johnny Smith signing. I Just how you just brought it up, Jake, how minus the murders, um, they're trying to create Aaron Hernandez 2.0 along with Rob Gronkowski. Aaron Hernandez um, was a solid guy for sure. And he, he was built – like a wide receiver, but he was a he was a massive tight end, and and just Hunter Henry is not built like that. Neither is Johnny John Smith. I mean, uh, and, hold on, um, okay, I'll, I won't cut you off. Finish what you're gonna say, but then I'll get no, go, no, go ahead, go ahead. Hunter Henry is your Kowski, and then Jonas Smith is your H back, H wide receiver. Jonas Smith literally lined up everywhere, all over the field. He lined up at running back. He lined up at fullback. He lined up at tight end. He lined up at wide receiver. He's your Aaron Hernandez. He can't say he can't stay healthy. He's not built like him. No, I'm not saying that at all. I mean, Kyle Pitts is more Aaron Hernandez type in terms of uh, which Jesus Christ. If imagine they just pull a pull a three tight end set and go get Pitts in the draft. no, I, I don't. I agree with what you're saying about the comparison. They're not the same players, obviously. I mean, Hunter Henry isn't Rob Gronkowski and Jonah Smith isn't Aaron Hernandez. But in terms of the scheme that they ran back in 2013 before Aaron Hernandez, um, you know, went wild, your Jonah Smith is going to fit that Aaron Hernandez mold if they run that type of offense. I mean, we obviously, it's just speculation. We don't know that they're going to do that. But he's the one that can them spread out all over the field. He's the one that can, you know, he's a good blocking tight end as well. Um, he's the guy that, you know, moves around. And your Hunter Henry is your big tight end threat, who's the big over the middle running the running the um, up over the middle routes, your steam routes, drawing the attention of the safeties, getting double teamed, and then opening it up to a, a Jonah Smith or a Gunnar Olszewski down the middle like type of thing. So I, I, I like the signings. Uh, I wouldn't, you know, like you said, I wouldn't, you know, compare it to Aaron Hernandez and Rob Gronkowski because those were two generational tight ends that we never got to see in their prime together. Um, But, yeah, Hunter Henry isn't the Aaron Hernandez. That's more Jonah Smith in terms of lining up, not comparing their ability. The other thing I was kind of – I mean, we saw that you obviously, Matt, you said the signing of Curtis Samuel, but they signed Johnny Smith to a $50 million deal. I know the cap hits this year is only going to be about 12 and a half. Same with Hunter Henry, but that scares me for a guy that can't stay healthy. If you sign a guy like Johnny Smith, four years to four years, $50 million deal. And you remember how many times Hernandez was hurt. But, but he, I don't. I just. I just don't like signing a guy like that to that kind of money, and then not being able to afford a guy like Galladay or a guy like Will Fuller. Now, okay. The thing that yes, I agree with that. But the thing is, you got to think about it like this: New England's not the team to go and spend all their money on one player, right? You can you go and spend money 
and you and you buy the players, like if I can buy three players for the same amount of money as one, like Kenny Golladay, for example, mm-hmm. and I can, and over those three players, I can get the same sort of production. I'm taking the three players over the one guy. Like, why would I spend one one contract on one player? Because then if he gets hurt, who, by the way, Kenny Golladay was always hurt. Mm-hmm. So if you use that example, it's not really the best example, but I understand what you're saying. I mean, the thing is, too, we also have the two tight ends, Dalton Keane and, and Asai Sai from the draft last year, which I don't think Belichick has given up on them. I really think that the signings, if you look at their deals, four years and three years, Keane and the size side will both be, you know, at the end of their rookie deals who Belichick would sign for cheap and they'll have learned this two tight end system. And they're both similar. I mean, you got your Dalton Keane is your Jonah Smith type. And then you have David Asai, who's your more uh, athletic, um, but big Hunter Henry type. So I think they, they do have depth at the position as well. So if one of them was to get hurt, it's not, you know, the end of the world is, and the thing is too, you're looking at their contracts and looking at the back end and you're like, wow, there's so much money in their second and third year. They can restructure those. Um, the cap will obviously boom again, um, especially when the new TV deal comes. I mean, the, the cap's going to boom. So I wouldn't be looking too much into their contracts, but if a guy can stay healthy, I mean, what will, you can't, you can't just not sign guys out of fear of them being healthy because everyone can get hurt on any given play in football. I want to talk about real quick. Just, we're kind of going to get off topic a little bit here, but the cap space situation that you, Matt, brought up, I was going to boom again. I got to credit all this to Mark Bertrand. I heard it from him on Skull, uh, Zolak and Bertrand on uh, 98.5, but he brought up a really good point. You know, a lot of people are saying, well, you know, for the first time in 10 years, the cap went down and the Patriots were big spenders so far in free agency, right? And you know, why, you know, was it just because they want to, you know, reload and, you know, saw some opportunities here, you know, but the potential that not a lot of people would be bidding on these players. I think all that probably has a little bit of a combination, uh, you know, the factors into it. But I think one of the biggest things and Mark brought this up was he said, you know, Robert Kraft is a guy that he's very influential as an owner in the ownership group in the NFL. And he's the guy that negotiates those TV contracts. So he knows what the cap's going to be down the line. Like, not, he doesn't know 100%, but has an idea of that. He has an idea of what it's going to look like, you know, two years, four years, five years down the line with the next CBA. So that was something was, I heard from uh, from Beal that correct. I got to I got to cut him because that was it was a great the other I'm totally going to steal. But it was really good. You know who the other guy that negotiates the TV deals? I think Jerry Jones too, and he just signed correct. Dak Prescott. And, who, and the other thing too that you get with Dak Prescott on the national media kind of kind of covered a little bit was that it, he kind of I don't want to say he set the market, but he he kind of set the market with that and kind of. Um, you know, allow people to get paid a little bit. Um, obviously, teams are going to do whatever they want, but and also take like a take like a team, say I don't know, like Chicago. Chicago just picked up Andy Dalton that ten million dollar deal. Um, you know, they don't, they, you know, they're not as influential as Robert Kraft or Jerry Jones are. And uh, you know, I think with Robert Kraft and Jones both spending a lot like this, uh, if you're another team, you got to be looking at say, okay, well, the cap has to be going up significantly than what it is this year because there's no reason why those two guys would be throwing out this kind of money like this, especially Jerry Jones. He has Dak Prescott for what? $75 million this year. That is an absurd number. Especially that's, that's absurd. And Texas doesn't have a state income tax. That dude Ooh. is born. He, that's 75 million straight cash. Dude, that's, the like, that's, that's about $120 million Australian. And, and, and he's going to be doing pretty good. Cause he has like the second best odds to, uh, Start dating Kim Kardashian, so like that'd be sick too. Oh, they, they, oh no, he's gonna get hit with the Kardashian curse. But moving on though, uh, so that's kind of like the majority of the free agency signs. Obviously, there's been a couple more uh, little ones, but it was a great, it was a great little free agency period for the Patriots. They picked up some nice pieces, but now now let's take a step back. Oh, let's talk. We've only touched on offense. Let's talk about defense because we did sign. I'm very much a fan. I mean, everyone's going to talk about Judon, but I really like the signing of Jalen Mills. Oh, oh, yeah, I did have those two guys. My bad. I saw, I saw, just saw a bunch of names, and I was like, oh, well, we're good. Yeah, those were two very, very big uh, signs. Uh, Jalen Mills, obviously, you know, the safety, but he has played corner a little bit, which well, makes he, me – Yeah, he transitioned to safety uh, last year. Yeah, but he's been a corner. Um, obviously, a part of that, that defense that uh, Tom Brady threw for 500 yards on, that was his second year. 
Um, but I really, I really like the fact that we signed a guy like that because he can play any position at on the, in the defensive backfield, which is such a Belichick type move. Um, you look at a guy that can play. You can like, like I said when I was talking earlier. If you, if you, if you game planning week to week, a guy like Jalen Mills, you know, he can come in and he can play slot corner one week, he can play outside one week, he can play at safety one week. Um, we also got Patrick Chung coming back this this year. I mean, who knows if Gilmore is going to be there or even JC Jackson? Who knows what our defensive back position looks like come uh, the first week of September when football is back? But I really like that deal. I think he's a good football player, um, and Bill Belichick likes good football players. Um, I really also like the fact that he has the name Green Goblin. Um, I think that's really cool. I saw on his Twitter, and I really liked this. Um, someone uh, tweeted him and said he's still going to be the Green Goblin because obviously he's not playing in Philly anymore. And he wrote um, Superman Superman flies around the world but still always has the same coloured cape. So I like the fact that he's going to keep his Green Goblin persona even when he's in New England. Um, stay well, true to his colour. Yes. Um, <laughs> but... Yeah, I really like that he, he's going to add some some character to that backfield and, and it's, it's exciting. And, and a lot of these um, a lot of these deals, especially on the defensive side of the ball, um, they very much remind me of like the early 2000s when Tom Brady was a rookie. Um, and even before Tom Brady won his first Super Bowl, you looked at you look at the defense back then. It was it was young guys, but it was also a mix of veteran guys on 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 good deals. Uh, coming in and really setting the tone for what became the New England Patriots 2000 dynasty. And to go back, if they were to draft a QB in the draft or if they were to stick with Stidham and you have a guy on a rookie deal, a, a top-end defense and, and, and then players in, uh, in high-skill high play in skill positions on offense is really going to help the um, to succeed. Because you look at the NFL the last 10 years, a lot of the – besides Tom Brady – a lot of the quarterbacks that have won Super Bowls have been on rookie deals. Um, I mean, I'm not going to count Nick Foles, but Carson Wentz was on a rookie deal at the time. Um, Russell Wilson was on a rookie deal. Patrick Mahomes was on a rookie deal. Um, I think the rest were won by Tom Brady. But that's the key to success in the NFL, I believe, is having a rookie deal, having a young quarterback or a cheap quarterback, because Cam Newton himself is a cheap quarterback. But getting back to the defensive side of the ball, I really like the Jalen Mills signing. And if if Judon, I do think we overpay for Judon, but I do feel like we are that team that we do have to kind of spend money now because we don't have Tom Brady. And Belichick didn't really have the greatest year last year that he can be like, hey, look, I still went fucking 11 and five without him, but he went seven and nine. So if Judon can play like he did last year, dude, he's a beast when he wants to be. And, when he, and we haven't had a very good edge rusher since Chandler Jones, which was fucking like six years ago. Yeah, I, I like that Judon signing too, especially if they can get a guy like Cody Payne or Gregory Rousseau in the um, draft, just kind of beef that up a little bit, especially then you got a guy like Judon who's a veteran, so he can kind of teach him up and uh, school him up a little bit. But I, I love this Jalen Mills signing. Um, he had a $4 million cap hit this year or next year. Uh, it's somewhere around there. And you mentioned his versatility, Matt, to play many positions. That gives the Patriots the option to shop Stefan Gilmore because his trade value is um, slowly decreasing. But they trade Stefan Gilmore for whatever, and they save $13.3 million in cap space. And then you just plug and play with um, Jalen Mills, and then you're all set. So I, I really like that, um, the ability that Jalen Mills gives the Patriots in um, the ability to kind of shuffle around the uh, roster, even if that means cutting or trading all pro um, cornerback Stefan Gilmore to save cap space. Yeah. I mean, I really like both those signings, but that uh, Matt Judon one, I mean, I, I mean, I just love that pass rusher guy. I mean, that's like, that's like my guy. I really like that kind of play style like that and to pick him up. I mean, yeah, we kind of won't pay for him, but Matt, like you said, I mean, you're not the, you know, the Patriots from, you know, two years ago, three years ago, you have to go out and pay, pay these guys now. And if that means if a team offers them, that's a little bit better than you. If they, they probably offered somewhere around like, I don't know, three years, four years, 50 million. Well, Belch said, okay, I'll get, I'll do 56. And then, you know, now he's here, hmm. but that was a big sign. I mean, I mean, next to Hunter Henry, I mean, that's arguable, you know, the top two signings in the, uh, the Patriots this uh, off season. And we're, yeah, and we're you yeah. know, the crazy thing is too, is that these guys only came official at like eight hours ago. Like they literally, I think um, Matt came in, 
what uh, was it Monday? I think right right when the tampering period began, somewhere a little bit after that, and Hunter Henry obviously came in uh, Tuesday. So I mean, oh, these guys have been on the roster for only eight hours now. Yeah, right, right before we uh, wrap up this this like segment here, I just kind of want to add. I was listening to EI, and I t- totally agreed with them. This was before this uh, all this crazy spending went down. New England wasn't a destination. Now you overpay or overpay maybe for a guy like Judon. You get a guy like Hunter Henry, Johnny Smith, you know, even Nelson Aguilar, not flashy, but he works. And all of a sudden, New England becomes a destination. We talked about it. The cap space is going to go up next, or the cap room is going to go up next year. So I don't know who the free agents are next year, but now all of a sudden, New England goes from um, a destination with no quarterback. A, a die a dying coach and and no and no no weapons offensive weapons to a team that is a legitimate Super Bowl contender with a good quarterback. So I mean, I I don't know. I just think that's really good move. You know, scared money don't make money. So if you if you, you gotta you gotta spend to win. Exactly. Yeah, we'll right. get to more of the thoughts on the other side. Quick word from our sponsor. Football and Barbie is presented by Rotherway Media. Make sure you guys head over to Instagram at Rotherway Media to get all your news on new, all New England sports. That's the Boston Celtics, Boston Bruins, Boston Red Sox, and New England Patriots. Follow us for all the breaking news and latest highlights. All right, moving on to our next topic, we have the running back situation for the Patriots right now. So currently the Patriots are kind of struggling with that running back position. Not really sure what's going on there, but there were some names rumored around. So obviously the current uh, running back for the Patriots, James White, is on the market, and he was rumored to go to Tampa. Um, so that'll be very interesting to see what happens with him. And the other guy that was brought up too was Leonard Fournette. And I put this out here. I said, you know, keep an eye on this because there could be two things that happens with this. You could totally, I could totally see New England and Tampa, or as I, I like to call them, Tampa Bay, switch, um, switch running back because that's totally possible. But I could also see Tom Brady talking to Fournette and just saying, hey, listen, we're all taking pay cuts. We're trying to get the band back together. We want to, you know, run it back in another ring. So I could also see that happening too. But it would be a nightmare to lose out on Fournette and lose out on James White and have them both go to Tampa. That would be such a blow to the Patriots. Yeah, uh, I I don't know. I I don't really think so, Jake, because I love Damian Harris. And I know you guys are going to get on me. Damian Harris isn't a three-down back, whatever. But there's plenty of guys in the draft. You got two studs from North Carolina that you can grab. Travis Etienne had an insane pro day. You can get grab Najee Harris in the third round if you want. Or in the second round, because I think you could really grab Kellen Mond in the third round if you want. So, I, you, think Naj- you think Najee Harris is going for the second or third round? Second round. Second round. You're out of your Ooh, mind. That's I'm a hot take. That's a, that's a Bodak bold take right there. You will fall to the second round. Early second round, but I'll fall to the second round. I don't know about that one, Caden. Uh, and look, I don't, I don't, I don't agree take. with running backs in the first round in general. I agree <laughs> with what you're saying, Caden, about um, – I, I mean, I look at the free agent market, and unless we're bringing back James White, I don't think we need to touch a running back. Unless it's Philip Lindsay, because Philip Lindsay can kind of do a little bit of everything. Um, I don't look at Damien – look, I think Damien Harris is, a, is our starting running back. Um, but in terms of a do-it-all back, I don't think he's that. I mean, he's, he's 6'2", 220 pounds. How many of those are that? Pardon? How many, how many do-it-all backs are there? Because even – I mean, if you consider James Wade a do-it-all but running back, I mean, he couldn't really run. He was more of a pass-catching back. In my no, 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 no. That's, no, that's what I'm saying. So I'm talking about in terms of we need a pass-catching back. We don't need – so – I don't want to get Chris Carson. I don't, we, we don't need Leonard Fournette. I love Leonard Fournette. I've loved him since he was coming out of high school and went to LSU and wore that, that number seven. Um, I, I don't think we need Leonard Fournette. We don't need that bell cow back because we do have two of those running backs. We have Damien Harris, who's going to be our starter. Um, I don't think he's your you three down back. I think Sony Michelle's that one, two punch type thing. And if he can stay healthy and give us that first year, uh, Sony Michelle. I mean, we saw it in sp- like a little bit of burst last year. He was back uh, in the lineup. But in terms of a running back in the draft or a running back in free agency, I mean, unless you're getting, you know, James White or maybe Philip Lindsay, I'm not really looking at, at, looking at adding a running back because running backs are so easily filled in the NFL that you could not even draft one and get one in, uh, you could sign one undrafted who's going to be, a, who could contribute and be a pass-catching running back. Um, I don't think we're going to touch Najee Harris because if you touch Najee Harris, you can say goodbye to, to 
to Damien Harris. Uh, if you, if you tell um, Travis Etienne from Clemson, you can also say goodbye to uh, Damien Harris because those two backs are completely better than him in every essence of the position. Um, really, I, I think I think Damien Harris is more of a power back and you could trans, uh, transition uh, Etienne into more of a pass-catching back, honestly. He's more elusive. No, no, you can. No, I agree with that because Etienne can and Najee Harris can both be pass-catching tight ends. But when I say I believe that those two guys are three-down backs, whereas Damien Harris isn't. He is what you said. He's a power back. He's a bell cow back. He's going to run the football on first and second down or third and short. But he's not He's not staying out there on third and seven. And Etienne and, and Najee Harris would, but they can also be out on the field first and second down. So if I'm not going to look at drafting either of those guys as much as I think they're great uh, players, I don't think they would fit in New England right now. Um, you know, what you about Jamal players, Williams? Jamal Williams from North Carolina. No, no Green Bay. Well, him too, but yeah, Green. Or well, out of Green he Bay. went to De- he went to Detroit. He was signed. Okay, all right. Was that that was today, right? That was yeah today. And also, just breaking news: Patrick Peterson has signed a one-year, ten million dollars deal with the Minnesota Vikings, ending his career with the Arizona Cardinals. Um, yeah, look, I, I, like I said, of the ones that are on the free agent market, I'm not touching anyone that's not James White or Philip Lindsay. Like they're, they're your pass, they're your pass catching running backs. Um, obviously, I'd prefer to have James White. He's been in the system, um, but I'm not. And I feel like if James White was to come back, he would already be signed by now. Uh, so I think that ship sailed. Um, and Philip Lindsay is going to be way cheaper too. Correct. And I think James White's going to go join the Tampa Bay Patriots anyway. So, um, you know, they like to fucking just take everyone. Um, <laughs> Stefan Gilmore will probably end up there. Everyone will fucking go there. Imagine. Um, <laughs> Moving but, on, I, yeah. we Look, on. I, I just like I, I agree with everything you said, Caden. I don't think we need to get a running back. I think Damien Harris is our guy, but I think we need a we definitely need a pass catching running back. And I don't believe in using a high draft pick for a running back, first of and you, all. And you don't uh, like Burkhead as a pass catching running back. I do like Burkhead. I do like Burkhead, but I'm not giving him big money when he just tore his ACL. He's not gonna he, who you to get big money, other teams need to give you big money. That's what and nobody. Look, no, I, would, I would bring in Burkhead on like no more than fucking five million dollars. I mean, you could sign him to like a. I could see like fifteen for fifteen for two, because for him to get big money, you're gonna need if another team. And then it's incentive based, like all the other contracts. Yeah, I don't mind that because again, Rex Burkhead's been in the system. I think Rex. I don't think Rex is a, a very good uh, New England type back. He literally can do everything New England needs. Um, he is a pass catching running back as well as you know put him in on second down that kid has burst. Um, but my overall point is the running back position is so deep in the draft every year that you literally every year see a one thousand yard rusher that is undrafted. You look at three two two three years ago it was Philip Lindsay. This year it was uh, Robinson out in Jacksonville. Like it's so easy to find running backs in the draft late or undrafted that yeah, I don't, that, that I don't believe Buffalo is undrafted. I, I look at giants. I look at uh, just uh, three days ago with, with green Bay signing uh, Jones. Look, I don't believe in paying running backs big money. It's, 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 it's a, such a position that is really, it's a revolving door. Um, these guys are getting, you know, hit a lot. Their bodies are going through it a lot that, I would just honestly cycle running backs every four years. Like I would just play their contract and then get rid of them. And I think that's what they should do this year is, is go get a guy in the draft um, or get an undrafted guy. Or well, fuck me. I mean, JJ Taylor's still around. You can use him. Yeah. I mean, you, you got, you got a point, Matt. And I think this is a point that a lot of uh, uh, NFL fans are realizing now with the exception of Derrick Henry, how many good, how many running backs are still productive after the rookie contracts over? One in his name's Look at look at look at Ezekiel Elliott. Ezekiel Elliott. He hasn't done anything since he got signed to that contract. And, and he has he also report, has line. What was that? Sorry, Jay. I just want to throw this report. So when that Chris Carson news broke, I said you know the Patriots are in talk as running back Chris Carson, and this is also added to that report. 
So the Patriots seem, quote, intent on adding at least one running back. And that came from NFL Network. So I know you guys are saying stay away from the running backs as of right now, but I would not be surprised if come draft time, we've already have a new running back on it. Um, you know, maybe he's going to do what you guys are saying, uh, you know, wait till after the draft and deal with it then because there are a lot of running backs that you can pick up later on. But I am saying this, the Patriots will add another running back at some point. And whether that's yeah, not after the draft, not before the draft, but they're going to get somebody. The, 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 the thing with the thing with those reports when it says you know the the Patriots are you know intent on on signing a running back that doesn't or adding a running back that doesn't that doesn't specify uh, doesn't specify I can't even say the word right now that doesn't yeah it doesn't mean that they're going to add one right now in Fred like you oh, said they could right. the draft they can draft a guy or they can you know add a guy after the draft through free agency because you know a lot of these guys you'll see I mean when's the draft in what a month. Oh, you'll yeah. see, you'll see, like a lot of these top. T- I mean, free agency as of today is dead. Like from from tomorrow, it's going to be like you're going to see like two year deals. Like all the big guys are gone besides Golladay and Juju Smith Schuster. In follow everyone, everyone's really like everyone's really those big deals are gone. You're going to see like you know Jadavian Clown is going to sign like another one year ten million dollar deal. Like those are the type of deals you're going to see. So like these guys will stay on the market for a long time because after this week, it'll go back to being pro days and you know people will turn their attention back to the draft and, oh, okay, we can get this guy. So let's wait until after the draft. And then maybe if we don't get the guy we want, we can go back and, and, and sign this guy. Mm-hmm. So I, I believe they're going to add a running back eventually. I think before the start of training camp, we'll have another running back on the roster. But please, for the love of God, do not be Chris Carson because I'm telling you from watching Seattle games as much as I do, because I, I love to watch Seattle football games, the dude can not hold on to the football to save his life. He, I feel like he like dips his hands in butter before the game and then goes on the field and goes, all right, give me the ball and just coughs it up all the time. It's either he fumbles or he's hurt. And that's why CJ Proces had some success in that offense for a little bit. And they're going to have to overpay to the moon for him. So, well, I think, well, I mean, this is going into another topic, but I think the Seattle Seahawks should sign Leonard Fournette. And I know that that was a, that, that came out as a, as a topic before the New England and Leonard Fournette um, tie came in, but I really think that the the Seahawks should should sign Leonard Fournette. He's not That's leaving like, Tampa Bay. He's not leaving Tampa Bay, but I mean, you look at Tampa Bay; they just signed uh, suck up their kicker while we're filming this podcast again to a three year deal, and it was like twenty million dollars or something. Like they're running out of cap space. You don't they, think not, you don't you don't think Fournette would take short money to win another Super Bowl? I think he, I think he would, yes. But if, if I'm, if I'm Tampa Bay, I'm looking again because the running back position is so, you know, you can you can feel so many, you know, uh, you can feel the running back position in the draft or undrafted. They already have Ronald Jones. If I'm taking a choice between Adamic and Sue returning on that defensive line, or uh, Leonard Fournette, I'm probably going to take Adamic and Sue. And let's not forget that Gerald McCoy came last week and said that he has. Uh, you know, spoken to people in Tampa and, and fixed things that happened when he left. So if you can go and get Gerald McCoy and John and Sue and add that to your D-line, like we all know this, the, the game of football is won in the trenches. I'd, I'd much rather do that than sign Leonard Fournette in, in, if I was Tampa Bay. But if they do do that, all power to him, I think I think it fits that offense um, better. But he would have to go and compete with Ronald Jones and I don't think he should do that because I think he's better than Ronald Jones and he showed that in the playoffs. Speaking of, you know, the trenches in the game, being one in the trenches, let's take a second and talk about this O-line situation because uh, it's something that is kind of a mini story that's developing in New England that I feel like hasn't got the spotlight it, it deserves. Uh, so, obviously, you had the, you know, you re-signed Trent Brown and, you know, that was a good good little pickup for the Patriots for the offensive line. Obviously, was here, uh, had that good, good year in 2018 and, you know, obviously went on to win the Super Bowl. But then you lose Joe Thune to the Chiefs. And let's just say he got paid five years, $80 million deal. Um, I think that's a huge loss for the Patriots because, I mean, he was probably the best offensive line that, I mean, the Patriots have had in the last 20 years. I mean, we've had a lot of good players, but I feel like Joe Thune was always up there uh, for the O-line. And then, obviously, you know, now you bring back a guy like Ted Karras, uh, one year, $4 million, you pick him up from Miami. And, you know, what does that mean for David Andrews? And personally – I think the writing's on the wall. I think David Andrews is long gone. I don't think we'll see him in a Patriots uniform again, unless if it comes back to like, you know, like next year, two years from now, and he, you know, it didn't didn't work out where he go wherever he lands and wants to come back. I could totally see that happening again. But as of right now, 
David Andrews, I don't think will be in a Patriots uniform in 2021. So those are two huge guys that you lost. You're going to lose David Andrews and you already lost Joe Thune. So I, those are two leaders on the offensive line and two leaders in the locker room. So that's a well, huge you're... hole the Patriots have to fill. Well, you replace your you replace Joe Tooney. I mean, granted, he's one of the best old linemen in the NFL, but you replace him with Trent Brown, who's a much much uh, more reasonable deal. He's and a then three's a guard, though. Yeah, he can move around, and they can get somebody. They can get they can get Slater in the draft out of Northwestern if they really wanted to. I mean, there's there's plenty of guys. And then, well, I guess he's a he's a tackle too. Hmm. I don't know. I'm I'm just saying but, there's a those are two big holes you got to fill. But but then. With with the the, Ch- the Chiefs will the Chiefs will use their entire draft to draft linemen. Yeah, they will. Oh yeah, for sure. But what the th- other thing you have to realize with Andrews is the Patriots knew that this was going to happen. They knew that David Andrews was gone after his injuries, after his lung uh, uh, blood clot issues. They re-signed Cam Newton, and that told me a lot about David Andrews because him and Jared Stidham developed such a great relationship on and off the football field, that if if David Andrews is coming back, Jared Stidham does not get signed, to, or D- Cam Newton does not get re-signed, and they go in the draft, and they g- get a, a quarterback in the draft, and they keep D- David Andrews. I, I mean, I, I think Belichick knows what he's doing, and I'm not worried about the O-line position for the Patriots at all because I think they knew that David Andrews was gone. And, and the thing is, too, with the Patriots O-line, as much as, you know, it, it might be, you know, looking at it from here in, you know, we're in March. I'm, I'm not concerned because that Patriots offensive line, for whatever reason, regardless of if there's undrafted guys, if there's fifth round guys, or if there's first round guys, it always seems to just be good. And I think that comes down to Sakin- Sakineki, is that his name? And I don't think he's coaching there anymore, yeah, he's but he, he's still, he, he's, but he's still in the building. He's, he is retired, but he's still around. Um, and I think that has a lot to do with it. Um, I think you saw Trent Brown tweeted a photo of him and um, when he when he got traded back. Um, and the thing is, too, I mean, who's to say that New England doesn't draft like a center in the third round or something and they start him and he becomes an all-pro within two years? Yeah, I mean, and they had that guy, whoever they drafted this year, who's the, who's a rookie. Don't forget, Isaiah got, got Isaiah Wynn, who's going to be fully healthy now. Started. What's that? He's going to be kicked inside. I bet he'll play guard. So oh, for they, sure. he played guard at Georgia too. Yeah. He's, he's so there you go. So so you solve so you solve the Tooney issue, and then you also have that who whoever the he was like the best O lineman in football last year. For he was oh, one of the Owenui or something. I know who you're talking about. The right he's going to be he's right tackle, and that's why they got rid of Cannon. Well, I mean they get rid of oh no they did trade. I'm sorry, I forgot about that. That's who you're talking about, right? The rookie last year, Caden, the fifth round pick. Oh, did we lose Caden? We might have lost Caden. No, I'm here. I'm back. So I don't know. What, what did you say? You're talking about the kid from, it was like a fifth round pick last year. It was, mm-hmm. um, last, it's like Owen Nui or something. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's going to play right tackle because they traded Trent Brown. So you're really looking at, you know, you're probably your offensive line as of right now is. Left tackle Trent Brown, left guard Isaiah Wynn. As of today, center tank, Ted Karras. Uh, right guard, um, not too sure. Right tackle Owenu. Um, and then well, you your use... right tackle is going to be Wynn, isn't it? Or your right guard, I'm sorry. Are you, I would you have him at left guard. guard. You couldn't pull left guard. He played left guard at, at Georgia. All right, yeah, okay, yeah. So, you, yeah, but you still have I mean, a hole I'm sure he could play right guard too. That's yeah, not right, you, but you, you, know. you still have a hole isn't now. Right guard, right, guard? Like... right guard's what the most important position in the O line, right? I don't know. I mean, that's well, Thune was left guard. Oh, why did I think he was right guard? Maybe he was. I thought he I'm was right sure. guard. I don't know. But regardless, that's a big hole you got to fill. I mean, that old line's not complete. I mean, you got time. And there's but a here's bunch the of, thing. This there are a bunch of old line. I was going to say real quick, Matt, and I'll let you go. The big thing with New England is that, I mean, there are always guys that they can pick up and they're really good at developing old line talent. I mean, David Andrews was undrafted. So just think about that when you, you know, talk about these O-line positions that David Andrews was an undrafted guy. No one was batting an eye at him. And then all of a sudden comes to New England and, you know, becomes one of the top 10, top five linemen in, uh, in the NFL. 
that's exactly what I was going to say. So you took it out of my mouth. So 100% right. The one thing that I always trust Belichick when it comes to the draft is drafting linemen and picking linemen up in as undrafted guys. And as when it comes to wide receivers, please don't touch them, Bill Belichick. Don't waste our picks. Yeah, defense and linemen. That's where Belichick strides in. But we'll see the draft don't, for, don't forget, a, for the draft episode. For, forget. I mean, I know he's an offensive line, ta- offensive tackle, but you got that Russell Unke, Oking dude from um, uh, the Panthers, who's a free agent, who they could resi- who, who they could pick up for short money. So, I mean, there's there's definitely a bunch of moves the Pages can make, but I'm just saying, keep an eye on this. It's a story developing. Uh, I mean, it will it will probably be fine. Hopefully, fingers crossed. Because I mean, the Pages have been known for having a good line over these last 20 years, but just keep an eye on this. It's something to monitor. Guys, final thoughts. I got nothing. I mean, I really appreciate. I really loved this episode, and happy we could be back together for sure. And I mean, it's fine. It's good. First time in 17 years that I've been alive that the Patriots do something in free agency. So I'm, I'm, I'm just happy to see that. And it's, weird, to see it, it's different being a fan of a football team that is spending money in free agency. Usually, we <laughs> see the, we we sign like a guy that no one's ever heard of, and we're like, is he good? But now we're fucking out. <laughs> Money. I will. I will say one thing. I just want to get you guys predictions uh, before we wrap up. I know we're going to next week touch in everyone, uh, all the big name free agents and where everyone's gone for all the teams. But I'm going to give you guys uh, three names, and you guys tell me like where do you think they end up? Um, Juju Smith-Schuster. Where do you think he's going? Jets. Even um, David. There's a lot of places that guy could end up. Ah oh, man. I, I could see him coming to New England, low key. I totally could see that. I could see him coming to going to Tampa as well, um, just to go. I, why not though? Just go win a ring and then just you know have your have your tea in uh, Tampa. Play with Tom Brady. I mean, yes, you play with Big Ben, but Big Ben's no Tom Brady. Uh, a lot of people right now are clowning that he doesn't care about football. Go with Tampa, win a ring. You know what? You know what? Now that I thought about this, who's getting the, who's getting the best quarterback on the draft? The Jaguars. Who has a shit ton of cap space left? The Jaguars. Jaguars. Where could you do that? That's, that's, who, that's who I was going to say. That's who I was going to say. Well, who's your – did you have a, thir- a third team? Or just those two? Uh, no, no. Well, I think I think Juju's going to end up with the with the Jags or New York because, obviously, New York is, uh, you know, big Giants city. The, big market. Giants are the Jets. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I think, you know, I think Golladay's going to end up with the Giants. I think Juju will go to the Jets. Um, I have another um, thing for you. This is New England, though. Do you guys think that New England should sign Jadavian Clowney as a cheap deal? Yes, I actually kind I of like, like him. it. I think yeah, yeah I, I, I've always been a fan of him. Um, I, mean, I haven't watched a lot of him, but just the way he, you know, he's always he's always in the spotlight somehow, some way. Uh, just pick I him up. I just like him a it, lot. Yes, I mean, when he was with Seattle Kendrick. after they traded, um, you know, traded away from the Texans and he went to Seattle. He had a good year in Seattle, a lot of penalties, but he was kind of injured. But he was, when he was on the field, he made he made a difference. Uh, I think last year he he made the wrong decision by turning down all these deals because he wanted this big money contract. And I don't think it worked out for him because he went to Tennessee and just, it didn't fit him. And I think that hurts him. And I think this year he's going to have that like prove it deal type contract. Yeah. And I think the best place for him is New England. You look at our him, him and Judon would be fun to watch. Yeah, it, it, I think it would give us that spark. I mean, I also wouldn't put it past him going to the Chiefs either. And you got one more? You got another one? Um, who's the uh, I do have? Oh, no, no, he got signed. My other one was going to be Sha- uh, Shaquille Griffin because I've been interested in the it TVs. But he went to Jacksonville as well. Uh, I do, I you know what is interesting though? I mean, I guess this is. This is going to be another topic, but I'll just say it quickly and then we can wrap it up. The Jaguars have so much cap space that they still haven't spent a lot of money. I think they're also saving a lot of cap space for next year. Mm -hmm. Because there's not many people left. No, I think the Jaguars, everyone thought they were going to go out and make splashes. And I think I quite like that they didn't. Uh, They signed, you know, um, uh, what's his body name? Philip Dorsett out of, you know, used to play here. In New England, then he went to Seattle and was didn't play all year. But Miami, they, they, have that, they have those speedy wide receivers that you know. If Trevor Lawrence or Zach Wilson comes in, it's going to be good. They've you know plugged, you know that defensive side of the ball up. 
but I think they have a lot of cap space that next year when that cap explodes, they're going to be like in a ridiculous position to just be like, boom, 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 boom. Second year rookie deal. It's going to be obviously a little better. And then yeah, I can see the Jaguars in 2022 being an AFC, uh, AFC title game type football team. Anyway, reports came out that Fuller wanted big money. Could you see that? Could you see Fuller in, uh, and and uh, Juju in Jacksonville, I could see yeah, I could see them both in Jacksonville. But the thing is, I think um, the wide receiver market's been very slow, um, and I think that is because you know that is always the position of divas where they want big money, and I just don't think teams are willing to give wide receivers big money anymore. Mm-hmm. Because besides, I mean, Stefan Diggs was traded, but really, like I couldn't tell you off the top of my head a wide receiver that was you know signed or traded. And then went on to have a good career in that new team. Like, not Randy one Moss. comes to the top of my head. Yeah, okay, Randy Moss, but you know, yeah, but that he never won. Fucking... He came to really, he came to New England to win. He did it, but he was fucking good. Okay, yeah, yeah sure. But, but and that was, win. but that was fifteen years ago. Yeah. yeah, crazy. So I don't think like like again like when when I saw all these people like complaining about oh my god we got Kendrick Bourne and, and Nelson Aguilar but you know. Kenny Golladay's on the market. Why would you want to pay the price of three players for one? You watch the Giants will sign Kenny Golladay and it'll be like something ridiculous, and then he'll be he'll be cut in two years. Yeah, just like they did with Golden Tate. Correct. Anyway, boys, let's wrap it. All right, that's been another episode of Football on the Barbie. Until next week, we'll catch you guys then.